Welcome to Crystal Apocalypse episode 188. My name's Matt, you're Rant. We're yeah, here to review give shit. Give any time for it to breathe between clicking start and going, you just straight in there. Yeah, but you can cut that out. No, I can't. I'm not... You're making me... Make I'll it. do it for you after this, all right? I'll do it right after the episode's done. I will trim that down for you, all right? I'll trim you down in a minute. You've had one Malibu and Coke and you're going fucking mad. You have lost your mind. What are you doing? Fuck you. <laughs> I won't do what you told me. Did I right. review fans? Hobby? I don't fucking know. And you're the one who keeps track of the Transformers stuff. I keep track of everything else. What are you doing? You're supposed to be intro in the video. Sorry, I forgot. So uh, we're going to review four things each. Usually we start with a little bit of news, a little smattering of news, but there's no real news, is there? Is there anything that you can think of that's news? There might be news. I don't know. I don't care about news. Fucking you don't care about any news? There's I nothing like in the world of Power Rangers or, or Transformers or nothing interesting like that that you can bring to the table? Um, a lady did an interview and said they've got plans for all sorts of Power Rangers stuff. Okay, cool. And everyone's interpreted that as... Um, Power Rangers is finishing and it's going to be rebooted. Oh, right, cool. So Tommy's coming back. No, Tommy's, Tommy's not going anywhere. Tom, Tommy can... <laughs> he's, he's going to come back regardless. They won't even want him on set. He'll just be back again. Um, okay, cool. Joker 2. we got some news about Joker 2. It's going to be a that. musical, isn't uh, it? Uh, Lady Gaga. Uh. Yeah, your favourite your favorite recording artist. You say many times every day, I I was born this way. And that's, you've got a poker face. What are the songs she's sung? <laughs> what are the songs is Lady Gaga? Um, she did all the single ladies. No, that was Beyonce. Um, that was Beyonce. She did, um, fuck. I can't remember any. The Charlie's Angels theme song? No, that was uh, Destiny's Child, wasn't it? Uh, or was that Survivor by TLC? That they used for the theme song for that. No. No, it wasn't. No, it was... Um, it was Charlie, how your angels get down like that. Yeah. Da, 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 that was da, da. Destiny's Child, yeah. Yeah, from, with Beyonce. Charlie's how the angels get down like that. Charlie's how the angels get down like that. Whoa! Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Joker 2 got announced. Uh, got a few more things, bits and pieces. Uh, the only thing that I've got that's news is on the 23rd, a film is coming out called Hex Slash Slash. Not based on the comic that I read every issue of for a view on this podcast that no one listened to. Dot Hack? No, not Dot Hack. Oh. Uh, no, there's a film that's called Hack and then a Slash and then Slash. And it's about a bunch of um, a bunch of indigenous girls fighting back against aliens that have invaded their town. And they're the, the gloopy... Um, thing-like aliens that take over people's body and transform them into horrible creatures. So they're fighting back against this uh, invasive species. What's that got to do with the internet? Nothing. Oh, because of dot .hack. Clever. Well, hack slash slash would imply some sort of URL. No, it's hack and slash, but it's a slash in between, you know, so hack and or slash should yeah. be the title. All right. Hmm. So uh, you're first this week. Oh, God. Let's see if you can live up to that incredible fucking intro I just gave. Yeah, he really did nailed it. I almost bought yeah. a Series X today, yeah. Yeah, that's thing might be... I got a new job, that's news. Got a new job. Is it? Oh. Doing hand jobs on the corner. Well, that's several jobs. That's not just one occupation. And also, you, you're a self-serving business. Because you're also giving yourself hand jobs, in the, unless you get sick of them. Well, you got to. If you're doing a career, you got to get bored of it. You reckon you get bored of it eventually? Yeah, yeah. They do say do what you love, don't they? Mm. 
Alright, anyway, sorry, Ant, your review. You love doing dogs. <laughs> One rum and coke and you're off the fucking rails. Mm. I had a Pirates as well earlier. Oh, did you? That's yeah. good. Mix those two together. Yeah. You should have had them at the same time. Uh, right. Um, shall I just talk about Stranger Things season four? Yeah, there go for it. Uh, it was all right. It's passable. It's fine. Um, Where would you rank it in the uh, series of Stranger Things? I mean, the thing is, I don't think too much of series two and three. Um, yeah, you don't. You aren't three, like me. Three was you? better than two, but I nice see Paul Reiser back. Yeah, he, I like him. He was in The Boys this week. He was. He wasn't. Yeah. And so was Seth Rogen. <laughs> he was. Yeah, but. Um, I liked um, they they managed to get the thing from the uh, from the comic in the TV show for the boys, where he's like, and then I was inside of, and then uh, Marlon Brando was inside me, and without anyone saying anything or even looking his way, he goes, "What you think that's gay? That's not gay. Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> like that. It's straight from the comic. Um, no, season four, Stranger Things. You know, there's a weird terror going on. People are getting killed, Freddy Krueger style. Mm-hmm. There's a bit mm-hmm. of slashing thing going on. Um, I mostly, mostly focus on the end of the series. Um, the show forgot about three of the characters for the final episode. The final episode is an hour and a half long. Yep. And a bunch of the kids have gone to a John Hughes house, mm-hmm. and then they have a thing there in the previous in episode six, and then episode seven, the show forgets they exist, and we don't find out what's going on with Finn or Jonathan or anything. They're not even in the last episode. Yeah, but that's because they're the worst characters. But they but Finn's meant to be like the main. One next to Eleven. Him and Eleven are meant to be like the two main. Are you talking about Finn Wolfhard? Yeah. And it no, just forgets reckon, he exists. I reckon that... they have nothing to do to help yeah, out in because this situation. They're, because they're the worst characters. Jonathan is like, every single series, Jonathan gets the chance to be involved in the major action scene for the series, and he just ends up crying. Like season one, they fight the Demogorgon, and he ends up crying. He's Nancy a sensitive to- boy. But he's just useless, is the problem. He's like, a sensitive him and Nancy are ta- about to take on the Demogorgon. He needs a nap. And he's like, he he's like, like sitting there like, tired. and then Steve comes out of nowhere and does the fucking thing in, because Steve's the best. Everyone likes Steve. He started out as a shithead, he was a horrible person, redeemed himself, accepted that Nancy had moved on, and then just carried on with his life. It's growth. Yeah. Character growth. Yeah. Moving a series. From when he was in Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, there was a character growth in that, wasn't there? He had a moustache. He grew a moustache. Yeah. Do you remember when he was in Spree? No. You didn't watch Spree? No, of course okay. not. Right. I know um, Jonathan was in New Mutants. Yes, he was. <laughs> and he cried a lot in that as well. Yeah. That's, That's why he's got the bags under his eyes. He's very he's so very sad, tired. Sensitive. Yeah. yeah. Like, he is, like, every season he gets a little bit more useless. Yeah. Like, in season two, his whole thing towards the end was to sit and cry while his brother got warmed up. I don't remember what he did in the other series. In season three. two, he's he's there with his brother, he's like, Aah! and his brother's like got the heaters on him, he's like, he's, like he's trying to keep him warm. <laughs> and then in season three, I think that he initially is going to drive the car to try and take on Billy, but then um, he fails at that and Steve saves the day again, despite being beaten to buggery, Steve rams his car into the side. Oh, he's got rabies car. now. Who, Steve? Yeah. You reckon he's got space rabies? Interdimensional it's rabies. It's fucking grim, that scene where he gets... He's getting choked, and they've got those weird long teeth, and they're just digging them into his kidneys. Mm. <laughs> just like, fucking you up, mate. Tasty kidneys. <laughs> I reckon he's going to be fine. I reckon he's not going to have any, like, ill... In- like, it, there was a load of people hinting that he was sick because he was coughing. Mm-hmm. But in all fairness, like in the upside down, most of the time you're meant to wear a mask. Like every other. No, they've forgotten about that. 
Well, they're all fucking coughing. But they forgot and- about the other three main characters. Oh, I don't who care are the John about Hughes any house. Of them. I don't care about them. In the hour and a half long finale, they didn't have any space to put. No, because they're useless. Because they need to spend twenty five minutes explaining the plot twist we got a while ago. Oh, what that he's making? What well, Vecna is? Oh, who Vecna figured, is? Yeah, yeah. Figured, we figured that out ages ago, and it's just like. I still like the design of Vecna. And it fucking... Uh, I'm on a moratorium on allowing anyone to use the friggin' main theme from Kuranis Katsi uh, for montages. I am, uh, that was driven into the ground when Watchmen did it. I don't need it again. Which one's the... Kuranis Katsi. What? The music, you know in the music in Watchmen when Dr. Manhattan's explaining his origin? And he's all like, it's 1965. Oh, yeah. They use the same music. Moonlit Sonata by... Uh... It's not Moonlit Sonata, it's freaking Quan's Catsy by Philip Glass. Jesus, but you kids don't know your music. That's your kids' problem today, you don't know your music. You think all music started in 2001 when Corn did... Um... <laughs> yeah, when he invented Scat. When Scat was invented Everybody knows by Skindred Jonathan invented Scat, alright? Skindred, Skindred bad. Didn't one of the guys from Skindred do a bad thing? I thought he got stabbed. No, I'm sure one of them did a bad thing. Ooh, one sec, let me What did the lead singer Brand New do? He did something bad, didn't he? I'm not the perfect person. No, that's Uber Stank. Uber Stank's what you do when you've got a really big shit on and you need to do a massive shit. You do Uber Stank! Controversy. But, um, no, it's, it's fine. I could, you know, um, I feel like a couple of the girls maybe. Not not to insinuate stuff, but they look ill. Two of the girls look really ill in this scene. Yeah, Robin looks really weird, doesn't she? Robin and um, Natalie. And Natalie? Nancy. Nancy. Nancy looks the same as she did in series three, right? They really. kind of... I feel like someone's working them too hard and they need mm. a rest. Because um, these kids, they're young kids. They're all, like, in their early 20s at the latest, aren't they? Like, Steve and all that, and Nancy. She's like... Well, Steve's she- almost fairy. He's, he's, you know, he's playing young. Yeah, he is, yeah. But they all, um, they're getting worked a lot on this show, it feels like. You can see it. Everyone looks tired. Yeah. They need a nap. Especially that Jonathan. Nap him in the fucking ground, because I'm done with him. <laughs> he looks tired as, as of all. Um, did you, uh, did you see the funny thing? Like, it's, um, you know when, um, Will turns up to visit Eleven, and it's like June 22nd or whatever it was. Apparently that might be... No, not Will. Who turns up to meet Eleven? What's his name? Finn Wolfhard's character. Mm. What's his name? Finn. It's not Finn. Anyway, Finn Wolfhard turns up to meet Eleven, and it's on Will's birthday. Yeah. And, like, no one says anything about the fact it's Will's birthday. Yeah, they forgot. (laughs) Everyone forgot. It's fucking... I told you, they don't don't care. They're just... uh, The people who make this show are checked out. They not they don't have to edit. They're not editing themselves. That's why the episodes are like two hours long a piece. There's two more episodes left. And it's like quite clear they weren't finished on time, which is why there's two more episodes left. That's why it's all done already. They just split up because Netflix wanted to keep people on for two months after because it ends perfectly. Just release like, it weekly. Well, that's what people have been saying. Like they might be moving towards that, but you know the next series of Stranger Things they're gonna do it in two parts as well. Oh fuck. They've already announced This that. should be the last series. Well, no, the last, they have like a plan for it because the Mind Flayer's not coming out. Vecna's coming out this series. Yeah, well, the Mind Flayer's the child psychologist from the school. You reckon? Yeah. What, Matthew Modine? No, the psychologist, the woman who's been in talking to the kids all the time. Oh, yeah. She's picking out targets for them. She's freaking. She's Mind Flayer shit. She's Vecna's mummy. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's all right, it, you know. 
I really like season they three. They drag stuff out. They need to learn to edit this stuff down. There's just, no reason for these episodes to be an it. hour and 20 minutes I apiece. I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, they extend scenes out to too long, but in all fairness, like, it's meant to be meant to be played like a big dramatic end of the world thing. So it would just be like, you know, it'd feel like every fight was a fight for your life, but there's levity in between. No one can be asked to trim shit down. I don't care. I like it. I liked season four. I thought it was good. Um, I was entertained. I, I reviewed it last time. I'm not going to go into it again, but I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it as much as Just season one. Season one was your favourite. No self-control. Yeah. And they're doing Friday the 13th. It's just Friday the 13th. No, it's more like Nightmare on Elm Street meets Friday the 13th. Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean, same thing. Yeah. Same no, film. Completely, completely different, identical completely film. Completely different films. Friday the 13th, The Dream Warriors. Everyone watched that film. Classic. The one where they go into Jason's dreams. Anyway, I'm done with that. I don't know. I just, that's just fill time. Filler! Yeah, what are you going to review? Uh, I watched all of The Sopranos. Why? All six series of The Sopranos, and. Because I watched Oz last time, and I was like, Oz is meant to be one of the best TV shows of all time. I wonder what the other best TV shows of all time are, and uh, Sopranos. And I've watched Sopranos before. When I was a kid, my dad was obsessed with it. I watched the episodes here and there. I got dad the was most... like, I'm going to grow up to be Tony Soprano. Yeah, my dad was like, I need a fat guy to look up to. <laughs> and he's like, Tony Soprano. Um, yeah, overall... Really good series. There's some great episodes. There's some great twists and turns. There's some really sad revelations as the series goes on. I think probably um, it's a lot more tragic than than I think people initially caught on because the writer has even said that um, he intended for Tony Stark, Tony Stark, Tony Soprano to die at the end. Like the whole idea was that Tony Soprano was meant to die because there's only so much you can get away with. And throughout the series, he is really fucking mentally unsound. Like, he's seeing a psychiatrist, and he's doing his best to get some level of control over his emotions and his his mind, but he is fucking nuts. Like, between the episodes... Like that Gabagool. <laughs> Gabagool! Hey! Hey! Um, but, um... Maron! <laughs> like... It's, he's got a weird CGI dead mum. He does have a weird CGI dead mum in season season three or two. I can't remember which one. She's fucking awful. She's horrendous. Like, she's a horrible human being. Mm. Like, I was glad when she died. And I don't know why you would have any respect for a human that treated you that way. Because she is genuinely terrible. Like, she's constantly well, trying to get died. him killed. No, like, like in terms of his... In the story... Yeah. He acts like it's, like, a sad thing. But then, like, afterwards, he comes to terms with the fact that she was a fucking horrendous woman. Uh, but yeah, all in all, really, really solid program. Really interesting. It's deeper than... You're you not f- going to get viewers like that. you got to say it's meh, it's not that great, it's overrated. And then you got to say something like... No, um, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to play like that stupid Star Trek game. Picard's a much better show. <laughs> just not, completely unrelated show. I'm not going to play a silly game. Like, I'm going to just be honest that like, season six is over, over long. You know, because it's, it's like 20 episodes instead of the 12 that were going in the season before it was that. Two, it was Technically, two seasons. Yeah, it was two parts. Part it was one, like, two. Yeah, like um, like Stranger Things is doing. Um, yeah, but it was even. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, and, a bit and, more even, anyway. And there are like whole episodes that could just be removed. There's an episode where he's dreaming in a car about traveling with different people, and the whole episode is set up around this whole like he can't really work out what it means, and then in the end, it means that like he's not in control of the car, even when he asks to drive, he ends up being in the passenger seat. And then you've got episodes where he's like eating Indian food and he's having hallucinations because of the ghee. And he's seeing like people he's killed and he's trying to like reconcile with them. The ghee. The ghee. 
What would the ghee give him? Because it's for me, it's like butter, isn't it? But it's not always fresh, and it can cause stomach upset for some uh. people. He gets like proper fucked up stomach illness, and he's like throwing up and shitting. And it's just a terrible episode. But yeah, all in all, um, a good series. Um, there's a lot of shit that's just randomly dropped. Like Furio is a really interesting character. He plays like a he's like a guy that's come over from Italy to come work with Tony, and he starts getting feelings for um, for Tony Soprano's wife. She gets feelings for him as well. Uh, Tony gets an idea that there that there's been some sort of tryst. Um, she's completely honest with him and says, "No, Tony, that's not happening." Even though Tony is constantly cheating on his wife. Um, yeah, just just he's allowed to. But yeah, it just you know they drop a lot of threads. But all in all, really really solid series, really interesting, horrendous language, and some of the ideas in there are just really fucked up. But you know, it's like it's. Did they say an F word? Yeah, they said the bad F word about gay people. Oh, I was just thinking, what? No. Yeah, they say a lot as well. Um, but yeah, all in all, really, really good series. Oh, and Joe Pantaleone has the best line. Joe Pants. Joey Pants. Joey Pants has the best line. Uh, Tony yeah. Soprano is having a go at him because, because he burns down their stables and kills their horse. And Joey Pants goes, you fucking, will you look at you, Tony? You eat fucking sausage and steak by the truckload. Well, you're gonna become a fucking vegetarian. Why do you care so much about animals? He's like, and we're introduced to this guy who's a mob boss, essentially, because he's feeding ducks that are growing up in his, in his, um, in his swimming pool. And he's got like duck feed and all this stuff. And they fly off. And that's when he suddenly has like these panic attacks and has to go to a psychiatrist. And it's like, that is the catalyst for him losing his fucking mind. But yeah, really good series, really incredible. Um, you can see why this was such, such a high, highly regarded TV show. And unlike Oz, it doesn't flit into fantasy. Like, it does stay pretty grounded through the whole thing. There's no, like, crazy. Would you wish when Tony Stark got his mecha suit? <laughs> it's in season so seven. Easy. It's so easy to say Tony Stark is the Tony Soprano. Uh, but yeah, like, it's a Tom Atkins. Like, it is, it is incredible TV and I think that the fact that it went on for almost 70 episodes and there is only like a few bad ones in there is is so so incredible they should have done a Tony Soprano prequel did you did you not see the prequel no I didn't watch it I might watch it just to see what it's like what's it called the many saints of Newark isn't it yeah boondock saints <laughs> the boondock saints of, saints of Newark yeah Boondock Saints who did the um, they did that music in the 90s didn't they yeah <laughs> what are you doing now it's your review is it my review yeah. why are you making me do reviews oh, I just spoke about Sopranos for like 8 minutes <sighs> briefly talk about the thing um, Pac-Man Museum Plus oh you bought it no I didn't buy it it's on Game Pass I'm oh, glad I didn't buy it it's on Game Pass yeah I'm glad I didn't buy it. That's good. Um, this, you look at it and it's like, oh, a collection of arcade Pac-Man games and various Pac-Man games to play and stuff. And you yeah. like, you think, oh, that's nice and simple. I'll give that a go. Mm-hmm. Right. But no, they've, they've complicated it. They've complicated it. You have like an arcade that you can decorate and you put arcade machines in. But let's say you want to play Pac-Man 2. Mm-hmm. You must play the original Pac-Man twice in order to unlock it. If you want to play the game, you have to spend a coin. You have 500 coins to begin with, but every time you play the games, it costs you coins to play. Mm-hmm. And then gradually you'll unlock the new games, and you hopefully you'll learn coins from playing the games yeah, and stuff like that. But it also wants you to buy like accessories there's and things. There's microtransactions. Yeah, but there's no microtransactions. It's all just the money in the game. Oh, okay. It's all in-game money. Okay. 
but it's just there just to limit like artificially limit and they know it's like an issue that's why they give you 500 coins at the start but you'll get like free coins for playing a game and it keeps going oh you want to unlock all the stuff you want to unlock all the little what happens if you run out of coins you have to keep playing the free games that are on there the games that you can play without there's the home console games you can play, which aren't all console games. Some of them are like one of them's um, Pack and Roll, the DS. Is it a DS game? I think it was a DS oh, yeah, game. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but like really shoddily ported. Like it oh. doesn't really work too well because you use an analog stick to control it and it's just mm. awkward. Um, and Pac Man 256 is in there. It's oh, like cool. the mobile phone one. But it's all like, it's like they've just done it as like a straight up upscale of whatever it was. And the menus are still all the same and all that sort of stuff. The menus are still designed for touch screens and things. Yeah. Um, and there's no consideration done for the different controls and stuff. Like, there's the... Uh, there's that Pac-Man. Is it Pac-In Time? The one where you sort of, like... It's a sort of platformy game, but you have to roll up and down things. Oh, yeah, SNES I know game. you mean, yeah. Really awkward to play one. Um, but it's just like they've overcomplicated this thing that could, should have just been, like, select your game and play it. Like, I get unlocking the games and stuff. Like, a lot of the collections have done that before now, but... You know, you've not got that many games. It's not like the Sonic Mega Collection where there was like a ton of games hidden away and you could, un- you know, you'd be surprised what unlocks as you play it. Do you remember that? The Sonic Mega Collection, like, you know, you play enough time, play games enough times and it would unlock like Decap, uh, not Decap, like Dynamite Heady or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but this is just like it's more Pac Man, more variations on the same Pac Man. Um, there's like, it's got Pac Man Battle Royale, which was an arcade game where you had. Four players, and it had like a shitty version of the Pac-Man Championship Edition aesthetic to it. Yeah, like a not very good version of it. Looked like Flash and Flash done, done drawn in Flash. Oh. you know all the edges are overly smooth, and there's just a basic bloom effect put over a thing to give yeah. you give you that Pac-Man Championship Edition glowy look. Um, but that one was one where you you're supposed to have four players, and you chase each other down. You clap the pack pack pellet to chase off the other players and eat them like ghosts to eliminate them from the round. Yeah. Um, and then you play a bunch of rounds until, you know, five rounds is over and whoever's got the most wins is the winner. Um, but, like, you, when you play it on here, you'd have to get your buddies around to play. There's no online play for it. So That's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, you'd have to, like, get four friends around to play Pac-Man Battle Royale. Lads, come on! Pac-Man! Mm. Pac-Man! But it's just weird. It's got all these games on there and you can't just pick them right. at will. And you unlock, like, like it gave, gave me, like, four of the original Pac-Man game arcade machines. So if I want, I could put four separate arcade machines down in the little room you have to customise. Do you have a limited space? In there? Yeah, you've got a limited amount of space, but you choose how many games are in there. But you can have multiple of the same game. So you just walk up to the game Why and play that game. That? I don't know. Like, well, you don't have one. But you can just press the shoulder button, one of the shoulder buttons, and just cycle through a menu and pick the games can you want to play. Can you not sell the machines you've got duplicates of? No, no, they just they just build up. You just put them down somewhere. The only ones that's worth putting down multiples of is the home console, the console one, which is like, because you can choose which game's on that. But you can go up to it and just press L1R and it'll cycle through the games that's on that one oh, anyway. right, okay, so just change whichever one you yeah. want. Yeah, but um, yeah, you can have them in different colours, you can have wallpapers and stuff. It sounds like a fucking insane idea. It's just gone out of their way to make playing a bunch of old games really awkward and tricky. The Pat Namco's museum stuff's weird on Switch. Like, there's always, like, it's always, like, hardly any games in there and charging a lot for it. Mm. Like, they did that one that was, um, I don't know what it's called, Pack Attack Pack or something like that, and it's got, like, it's got, like, two Rolling Thunders, Splatterhouse, and, like, a couple of other little bits. It's oh, got the pa- Namco one? Yeah, I've, I've got, it's not the one that's got the Splatterhouse one, Pack of Graffiti on oh, it. Oh, okay, no, sorry. It's a different one, but it's got a couple of arcade games. It's got Pac-Man Versus on there, which is neat, but this 
Pac-Man collection doesn't have Pac-Man versus. Um, but then the main draw it has on there is the other option on the main menu is Pac-Man Championship Edition, mm-hmm. which is on this Pac-Man collection that's just yeah. come out. So it's like it's just really weird how they handle their collections. It seems like they have no like, fucking idea what they're doing. Yeah, they just it, I just it just does one collection that's got like all the arcade games and I mean, we have a Pac-Man themed collection. But the thing is, when you theme it around Pac-Man, you're like you're limited by what you can actually. I mean, there's do. there's a lot more variety in the Pac-Man games than there was in like Space Invaders. I've got Space Invaders collection, which you know doesn't have many. That's that's a similar thing. You have an arcade and you can just pick what games you want to play in it. But it's all Space Invaders. The only thing with Space Invaders are they're all exactly the same game. At least Pac-Man's got some variety with the types of games. I was going to tell you, I found my PlayStation 2 copy of Defender. Mm. You know, the 3D weird one? Yeah. Yeah, so I've got that downstairs if you want to play that at some you point. You play the, um, was it VR? No, it's Drop Zone they did. No, not yeah. Drop Zone, Battle Zone, the tank one. They did in 3 VR, wasn't it? They did the, battle. yeah, the Atari Battle Zone or whatever it is. They did that in 3D. Oh, did they? Yeah. But no, it's just they've just overcomplicated it, and the coin thing is weird. Just it's an odd choice because if you like, it wants you to buy all the extra accessories and stuff, but there's no need to. You can just keep playing. You'll keep earning enough coins to keep playing the games. But then, like making you play certain games multiple times, and they're just not fun. some of them are just not fun to play at all. It's so almost like, like time. they plan to do like a little sim style game, so you get the multiple machines and you have people playing it. Yeah, you have play. guests come to your arcade, yeah. but it's like it's the ghosts will be floating around. Oh right! In your case, you can't interact with them; they're just moving around. Yeah, because it sound, it does sound like they intended for something else in there, didn't it? I just, I just think it's a really weird idea. They should have just given you a menu and let you pick the game to play. Yeah. Like, do you know what I'd love to see is you know remember the Midway Arcade Treasures and oh, the yeah. Taito Legends and all that? Yeah. Just port them to the modern consoles. Those collections. They're not backwards compatible on Xbox. Yeah, but just give them, you know, clean up the emulation and whatnot on them. Same menus, everything. Just give us that because they were good. They were good collections, man. Mm. Um, we got the what's it? There's a one we got at work. Is it the Taito Memories or something? I think we've had coming at work. There's one of them. There's a bunch of those older collections. Like PS2 and Xbox had some really good retro yeah, game compilations, yeah. and they died out for a while on Xbox 360 because you just started releasing the individual games on arcade. That's when the arcade started coming in, yeah. Yeah, but now you're starting to get compilations again, but they're like. Namco seems to be hand and weird. Capcom are doing them all right because mm. they got the right idea. You have the cap, the men, like the arcade machines in the Capcom arcade collection is just right. a menu. Yeah, you just cycle through it, and pick the game you want to play. You can even do the CRT fills and all the other shit. That I don't they, want any of that, that stuff. I know. Put I a CRT fill yeah. on, and you're, you're a bad person. But um, they've got a lot of crossover on those Capcom games though. Where there's one like they bring out that beat 'em up collection soon, aren't they? The one on one beat 'em up collection and loads of the game on on that are on the first Capcom collection and the second one. Oh. There's a load of crossover between the two. Um, but, I mean, at least there are options there and you can pick which one you want to... Yeah, of course. Use. I'll probably skip the beat-em-up collection one because, like, the Street Fighter Alpha games are on that Capcom arcade collection too. I want it just because it's got all the Night Stalker games on there, doesn't it? You're a Night Stalker. Like, Kolchak, the Night Stalker. <gasps> With but, his um, lollipop. Yeah, it's got Pocket Fighters as well. Mm. But the Namco collection's just... This Namco Pac-Man collection's just... Museum, Museum Plus, that's what it's called. Um, it's just a really awkward and weird thing. It's just, I mean, you just don't want to play some of the games multiple times. <laughs> no, of course not. There's two versions of Pack and Roll on there. You have to play Pack and Roll twice to unlock it. Pack and Roll's bad enough as it is yeah. on this. Um, Pac Man 256 is still good fun. That's that's oh, a yeah. solid game. That's um, that's not on the Switch anymore, is it? Don't know. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. no, it is, yeah, you can't just play But um, it. it's got a whole bunch of the skins in there, so I'm guessing they've included a bunch of the skins that were made on the mobile version of the game. 
because you could have the Crossy Road skin and stuff like that and Pac-Mania style skins and all that. Mm. But um, that was always a fun game. I used to play that on Android. It was really awkward to play, but I had it on there. I had, I had the, I'm sure I had an Xbox 360 port of it or something. Yeah, I think everybody did because it was like a Games with Gold thing back yeah. in the day. But, you know, it's just, just a weird collection. I'm glad I didn't pay 18 quid for it. I just downloaded it on Game Pass and gave it a go on there. Yeah. Um, like I say, you, you'll play it for a bit and you'll just be, you'll get frustrated about how it's laid out and how loads of games are locked away. Like, um, what's the Pac-Man? Pac-Attack isn't available at the start. Did you know the puzzle game one? Yeah. I mean, a really cool snares puzzle game. Yeah, locked away at the start. Um, and I think it's Pac-Land, I think, is locked as well. And I think you have to play Pac-In-Time to unlock it. Is Pac-Land the side-scrolling NES one? Yeah, the platformy mm. one. So I, think, I think that one's locked. But anyway, yeah. it's on Game Pass. It's cheaper than paying 18 quid on Switch for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of spending money on the Switch, I was going to spend £30 on buying the game that I'm about to talk about. Oh. And in some ways I'm glad I did. In other ways I'm still tempted. I played Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Never heard of them. You never heard of them. Um, I'll tell you what. So I was really looking forward to this. I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. And it is just a side-scrolling Turtles beat-em-up game from the people that made Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I played through half of it. Yeah. It's made by the same people that made Scott Pilgrim. And it is almost essentially a beat-for-beat you know, exact duplicate of what that game did. Except with a total uh, Scott skin. Pilgrim's a River City Ransom clone. Yeah, it's got less of the RPG elements in this. Yeah, it's got none of the RPG elements. And there's some levelling up you can Scott do. Scott Pilgrim's world is straight up River City Ransom. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, but it's the design-wise, look-wise, it is very similar. It's that pixel art style, it's not hand-drawn, um, like the Streets of, Wa- Ra- Streets of Rage 4 remake. Oh, Streets of Rage 4 game that we got recently. It's more... more that was two Scott years ago. Re- fuck off! Yeah, early 2020. Jesus! Yeah. Well, that's upsetting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Turtles, Turtles Shredder Revenge, Shredder's Revenge is great. It's really fucking fun. It's really simple. It's a great, great beat-em-up, and it is exactly what it says it is. It is nothing more, nothing less. It is a beat-em-up with a story mode, arcade mode, there is one unlockable character. There's a few challenges here and there, a few little side bits you can do, but for the most part, it is just bread and butter, beat them up, go for it, get it done. Ooh. And it's really fucking good. It's really satisfying to play. It's a really fun game. I just... Anyone who's got Game Pass, play it on Game Pass. Anyone who's not got Game Pass, play it on Switch or play it on PS5. It's a great game either way. But just if you've got Game Pass, play it on Game Pass because here's the thing. Oh, you're going to complain now, are you? You're going to be a negative Nancy. It is only really a story mode. The arcade mode isn't really an arcade mode. Hmm. The arcade mode has, um, like, your limited continues. You have to stop when you finish. That's that's basically That's the what one. arcade mode means. Yeah, I know, but is that is the one difference. It's not a true arcade mode in the sense that it is. They've taken the story mode and they've whittled it down or changed things to make it a more arcade game. It's essentially those same long levels... And the same bosses and the same challenges, just without those sections in between where you're going from point A to point B to travel to the next level. And that's it. That's the, so there isn't really an arcade mode. It is just the story mode in one go with continues. That's what arcade mode No, arcade mode should be a different... Like With arcade modes, back in the day, it would be a shorter experience designed around the story mode. So you'd have five or six levels, but this is a 16-stage game. 
they expect you to play in arcade mode. Yeah. It's not really how things work. That's not really an arcade mode. That is just the story mode just without without the it's a cake without the icing. It's still fun. It's still a challenge. Why are you so angry? Great. Why are you being I'm so not aggressive? angry. I'm not angry. It is just it is just don't give me an arcade mode. Say it's an arcade mode, but it's actually just the story mode again. If I if I'm playing this, I played the story mode. You can't mode level up in the arcade mode, can you? Most people probably played this. No, you can't. But that well, that's, it's such a small aspect of your character. You don't. It doesn't really make a massive amount of difference. But here's the thing: like I <coughs> I played the story mode and I played it to death before I went and played the arcade mode. And maybe it's me just being sick of the of the story mode that I've played multiple times, or maybe it's just that in the fact that they haven't edited that or changed that, it doesn't really make it a new challenge. So despite the fact that I loved this game and, and, you know, I wanted to play more, the arcade mode just wasn't what I wanted from that experience. And it wasn't really an arcade mode. It was just the same again. And that's the disappointing thing. For as much love and attention went into this game, for as much as, like, they've tried to make it, you know, as similar to those older Turtles games as possible, um, it just, 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 you know, don't lie to me. I think you're... um you're just upset that it's not, you know, and what? you suck. What? That I suck? Yeah. Not that I don't want to sit there and play five hours of a game and get told it's Five hours? Three hours? How long does it take? Not that long. Three hours? I'd say three hours, easily. Three hours to get through. Mm. Yeah. Probably in second play for you can boss the get story good. mode in three hours. But here's the thing. That's not an arcade mode. You didn't go into an arcade and spend three hours playing a game all the way through you went into an arcade and you had at most a 30 to 40 minute long experience no it's not a real arcade game though this, no it's not that's what I no just arcades. said multiple times there's no arcades around no regardless anymore. of whether or not it's in that setting it's not a real arcade it's game a is it set. it's not really it's an arcade game set. it's not even an arcade mode mm. it's just they've just gone here you go same again it's like you've ordered mm. dinner dinner's great I haven't ordered you've dinner. had a great dinner and then they and then they go. Would you like to see the dessert menu? And you go. Oh, I'll tell you what. Just bring me the special. And they just bring you the same fucking meal again. Except maybe they don't have any sauce. I haven't or anything got any for dinner. You. Where's my dinner? Shut up. Anyway, Turtles in Time. I loved it. I genuinely Tell loved it. Turtles in Time. No, sorry. You've been playing the wrong game. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> I've done it again. No, Shredder's Revenge. I really fucking enjoyed it. It is. It is a cake blanket. It is. It is a fine, beautiful experience. I just. I can't give it maximum points because. The problem is that it just, it's just, you know, that one thing annoys me. And it annoys me because, like, if if you just called it something other than arcade mode, I wouldn't have the expectation it was going to be a shorter experience that's more like an arcade experience. And that's the thing that pisses me off. <laughs> you know? Anyway, and your review. That's not something worth getting upset about. Why don't you shut the fuck up and get on with your review? Yeah. <laughs> You've mocked me enough. You've mocked me enough, man. I will not back down on this. Rah. Go on, your review. Um, you should eat a bag of dicks. I mean, yeah, I probably will eventually. Right, I need to fill time, don't I? Yeah. Um, do you know this toy I got the other week? What is it? I got a third-party Transformer figure. When you say third-party, what do you mean? It means it's unofficial. It's Who made it? A company called Fans Hobby. Oh, cool. Is it one person or multiple people? I mean, I assume it's a lot of people. I mean, one person would be very tired making no, if just... hundreds of these to... Oh, there's of hundreds these. of those available. Yeah, they're okay. all, you can buy them. They're, they're available. But anyway, I got fans' hobby um, red buzzer. 
Red Buzzer. He's not allowed to use the real name. And he's a repaint of their other figure, Ace Hitter. The only real difference is Ace Hitter's like a police car. This guy's a fire car. Um, and Ace Hitter's white instead of grey. Why is there a fire car? Because fire chiefs had... This is a thing. Fire chiefs have cars. It's a fire chief's car. Oh, right. You know, like they always in have... America, they've got fire chiefs instead of fire. Yeah. But anyway, um, he's, he's a really good figure. They basically is masterpiece grade. Yeah. So like, you know, high quality, complex transformations. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And he's based on the European version of Ace Hitters. Ace Hitter was originally... Right, Ace Hitter's based on a Japanese character called Go Shooter. The oh, toy okay. in Japan yeah. was called Go Shooter. Part of the Transformers Super God Master Force or Victory line. I think it was Victory. I can't remember. But when they brought the figures over to the UK and Europe, they didn't bring him over in, the, in Japan, in America. They didn't get him over there. They t- turned him grey and called him Siren. That's what they called him. Okay. And this toy is based on the UK version of that figure. And he's he's really nice. He's really... I've never got a third-party figure before, and this was reduced to 45 quid, so I was like, that's not too bad. No, it's I'll give that price. a go. It's down from 70, I think it is normally. Yeah. Um, They've done... Basically, they, they, the original toys were called the Headmasters Junior. They were like smaller Headmaster figures. Yeah. And they've done all of them in Japanese and European colour schemes. Cool. And I kind of want to get one of the other ones. I want to get the fire engine one. There's a fire. Yeah, I think it's called Cap, I think they called him. Um, or the original toy was called Cap. But basically, highly articulated, masterpiece-style figures with complicated transformations. Like, I mean, I say complicated. This isn't, like... This isn't something I would say is beyond the level of any... If, you, if you're if you only, like, Generations-style figures, it's not that much more trickier. I don't know what that means, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Generations is your standard Transformer retail... Oh, right, okay. Don't they go by moves? Isn't it, like, moves or positions? Or what? what is the word they use for how many clicks it takes to get them to... Mm-hmm. No, it depends on some figures. It changes from figure to figure. You can get, you can get, you know, generations figures that take thirty odd steps to transform really? and stuff. You know, I think this guy's got something like sixty. Um, but no, he's got a little headmaster head. Guy comes off, turns into a little man. Oh, that's cool. Which has got more articulation than most figures five times his size. Yeah. Um, I can see there's some parts in it when you transform it that could be a bit hairy for people, like. For me, this is pretty standard. It's not much more difficult than the Masterpiece Reboost figure I got yeah. a while ago. Right, that's an official one. But like, there's some things I noticed, like his like his feet are on a slider. They slide. There's a rail they slide across. Mm. And so when you put them into car mode, you've got to slide them into just the right position, not just to clip everything in, because you can clip them in when they're slightly out of position. Yeah. But if they're not in exactly the right position before then, all the edges won't seal up properly. And you got you got to get that figured out. But it's nice, because he still feels like a toy as well, which is the nice thing. Is there anything you recommend to sort of solve He's those got sorts like, of issues? Just pay attention when you transform the fucking thing, you friggin' idiot. No, I mean, like, is there anything you could introduce to, like, make it easier? No, it's just, it's a pretty complicated design. I mean, the reason the feet are on rails is mostly so that you can decide how far forward and back they go when you've got them in robot mode. All right. Help them with the balancing. But there's clever stuff, like the way the doors, the wing mirrors on the doors become the tabs that hook into the back of his legs to hold them in place. That's clever. Just a clever use of that, because I was wondering why they were hinged at all. Because mm. they should be swept slightly backwards, but no, you pull them all the way forward and... Click them in. Take them in, and it's like, that's quite clever. They're on, it does have the one thing I don't like on some high-level figures, which is where there's rails to slide pieces along vertically. Mm. Um, never too keen on that. That's a weird move, and I don't like it. But I like things like... 
like if you open his chest, he's got the little headmaster power levels, which was the thing that the headmasters had. Yeah. In the headmaster toys, you plug the head in and it would make these bars come up. And they'll be like, oh, that's their speed, strength, and intelligence, and all that. But they've recreated it in a similar way. They've just used the lever to make it come up. But, um, that's clever. The car mode's super clean. The robot mode is super clean. Like, there's, there's no hole in the back on his back. There's, there's supposed, there's like a cockpit area you can sit the little man in. And when you put him into vehicle mode, there's these two flaps that swing around and plug straight into the back and cover it up. It's got a little, it's got a little bum flap. It's got a little flap. There's a little the man in my sandwich. Yeah. But the little man. Oh. oh, I dropped his gun. He's got no. That's one thing. Pegging the guns into his hands, yeah, is tricky. It went like because he's got articulated fingers, and you peg the gun in sideways, and then when you close it up, it kind of has a habit of popping the gun out as you're closing the hand up. I don't like anyone who brags about having articulated fingers when I've got my Ken hands. No, but um, yeah, you, you, there's plenty of places you can store the guns. Yeah, but your little man, he's got a little helmet piece that you have to take off. He's got a replaceable face, so you can change his face. A replaceable face? Yeah. What if he likes his face? He's a little curled up man. What if he likes his face? The, man, the little man's got... Um, he doesn't have a name. He's just called, like... Little man. Like, called power head thing guy. There's the a little man name. in my sandwich. But um, he's got an ab crunch. You can bend at the ab. His elbows. He's got elbows. What? He's got, el- got, work, he's got elbows. Actual elbows. The one technology we had above the robots, now we're fucked. Yeah. But he's got, he's got a little elbows... He's got a little helmet piece that comes off, but that is true to the original toys. The original toys had helmet pieces for the for the for the little headmaster juniors. So, would you would you re- recommend other people that are fans of Transformers buy one of these figures? Yeah, maybe I mean, it's, it's a pretty good entry point to to third party figures. I reckon. Have you had any other third party figures? No, never. Never had a third party no. figure. So it's your first no. one. Yeah, that's why and I quite like it. I think it's pretty neat. Surprisingly well built. Yeah, there's a lot of third-party figures I don't like the look of because some of them, they go really overboard on the complexity and they just make them into an absolute nightmare. And then you see some that are just like, like they look like they're going to fall apart. There's a Devastator one they did. You know that Studio Series, the big Devastator I've got over there? Yeah. There's a one you can get by this company called uh, Devil Saviour. They're called or some bollocks like that. Satanists. Um, and they've made overly complicated like versions of them that have these really intricate, robot modes and vehicle modes and they all transform the transformations are full of little tiny movements and there's a million paint apps on them and they look fantastic when you see them in still images but every time I've seen one reviewed stuff's fallen off of them and then I've watched one guy putting them all together and combining them and he had to have like a stand attached to the stomach on it so it would hold it up because the thing couldn't stand itself up yeah it needed the extra support um I remember Sixo reviewing the Mixmaster part of it and it just collapsing on him. And then he got the long haul, which is one of the legs, the cement truck, which is supposed to be, you know, a big, sturdy vehicle. Mm. And part of that just flew off when he was transforming it. It's completely snapped off. And you get stuff like that. And it's like, I can't imagine paying 200 and some odd quid for some of those figures. Because yeah. they were expensive. Each one of those was, like, pricey. Um, but this guy, I mean, for 45 quid, he's way more complex than a tra- an official Hasbro figure you get for the same price. Transform? I can't afford freaking Optimus. £60? Yeah, I can't afford it. I've got to put um, money towards Yuki Kaze. Do you want to borrow um, 60 quid? I can't borrow any money from anyone. I mean, that's that's a lie. If I was to offer you to borrow money, then you could borrow money off me because I've offered you money. The money. It's got 50 points of articulation. I know. Are you sure you don't want just want it? Like, I mean, I want it, but I can't afford it. <sighs> but, um... Oh, I need a new Octopus Prime at some point. I'm going to the convention, aren't I, eventually? Maybe Are you? Yeah, I've got to get a ticket to the 
transfer to TF Nation. What? Yes, yeah, in Birmingham. You got into TF Nation? Yeah, in Birmingham. The Transform Nation? Yeah, TF Nation. What are they going to transform into? Um, the Nation. Is it just a furry convention and you're accidentally stumbling into it? No, proper Transformers convention. All my buds will be there. All your buds will be there? Yeah. I've got 1,400 followers on Twitter. Really? Okay. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, okay. I How am, are you doing on YouTube? I am part of the Transformers community. How are you doing on official. YouTube now? What? With your Transformers. No one watches the Transformers videos. I do one every. YouTube? I do one like every two Why months. You post them on your Twitter because it takes time to do them. Yeah, but post them. I do YouTube. post them on Twitter. I do share them on Twitter. Doesn't mean you get a million views. You got one thousand four hundred views. <sighs> anyway, it's a good figure. Forty-five quid. There right. is. I was looking at um, another third-party one because there's one company's done Menasaur, but um, which is all stunt cons. No, it's five vehicles that turn into one giant one. But I also he's started. Dinosaur. Yeah, he's very scary. Oh, wait, like Minotaur. But like Hasbro are doing like a version of that this year. That's a lot cheaper. All right. And also with this one, you the middle part, Motormaster, you buy the truck cab, and then you have to buy the trailer separately. Yeah. And the trailer becomes like the body, and I just like, yeah, I can't bother. It's too much. I'll just buy. I'll just get the cheaper regular version that's coming out. Thank you very much. Yeah, so you should. But I'm I'm going to keep an eye out for the fire engine one called I can't think his name's. I mean Cap that one is only sixty pound if you want it. Yes. Yeah, you sure you don't want borrow money? I will give you money. I can't borrow money because I can't. I ain't got the money to pay back. <laughs> My money's money. There's gonna, other ways you can pay back. No, I'm fucking not again. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, get yourself get yourself. I I recommend this fans hobby stuff because like build quality wise, I'm really happy with it. Um. It's a little bit looseless in the waist, in the hips. But I mean, the hip joints are actual proper ball gyro joints and everything. He's got an out. He's got a weight. He's got a waist swivel. He's got a waist that can do a little side to side oh. and do a little bit of a back and forth. Oh. But the mechanism for that is what actually forms the seat for the car. Oh, that's cool. So it's clever, really clever design. It's a um, good way of using those parts. Yeah. But um, yeah, and you put them in vehicle mode, so really and he comes with stickers. Although, none, of the, none of those horrible rubbery bits that fall apart. No, it's all nice and secure. Like you can splay out parts. There's also I know it's two little grooves on the window on the back, so you can store the guns on his back, which is mm. quite nice. But like all the backpack, all the backpack is a little bit of roof. And that's it. And when it comes to these bits, I'm guessing that they do replacement bits and stuff through their website. No, you no, don't need to buy another one. Don't break it. Yeah. No, I mean just like if you lose bits, because you know stuff goes missing. No, toys, don't right. break it. Never mind. I put his head in, the gun fell out his hand, his gun's gone loose. It's... Yeah, just don't don't lose the guns, yeah? But no, I mean, that's it. it's, I'd say this one's on a similar scale to Masterpiece Reboost, which was 69 quid. Yeah, and that was only um, 45. I'd probably say the finish on Masterpiece Reboost is nicer, it's glossier and stuff. Yeah. This is very matte finish, there's no glossiness to it. Well, you know I but do the best. that matches the original toy from the 90s, that's what they're going for. Yeah. This is the toy... Toyetic toy based design. Yeah. But um yeah, I kinda want the fire engine one because he's got because he's a big chunky fire engine. I like fricker trucks. I, I mean fire trucks. engines. They did one though. Fans Hobby did um they've done an Optimus they've done a Megatron from Armada. The one that turns into a massive great big tank and he's got big old antlers on his head and stuff and a big old cannon. It looks kinda neat. That sounds like it doesn't really yeah. go into an incognito mode, doesn't it? No. But, Get the uh, tank with the antlers. <laughs> That's the thing, I was going to spend like 40, because I wanted to get a third party figure, I was going to spend 40 quid on getting a new age figure, which are like legend scale, and that means like half the size of this, if no, less than half the size of this, Yeah. for like a 40 quid figure. That's really complicated transformation stuff, but then I saw this for the same price, I was like, no, that's a lot more figure, I'm going to get that. 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, very little I can have trouble with. Like the way the doors clip in in car mode, it's a little bit hairy to unpeg them again because they peg in at the front and back, mm. and you got to try and separate them. But I've, I've gradually figured out you my way. I've figured out my wet method right. of um of pegging. The wheels roll really nicely. <laughs> Fucking rubber tires. Bring that back, Hasbro. No, because they'd rot away. You don't want that shit, so they just rot away. I don't know. I've got figures from 40 years ago that still haven't rotted. My Optimus Prime's tyres are still fine. He's 40 years old. Mm. But, um, no, just yeah. a neat and tidy figure. I like the way the shoulders kind of look like, you know, like a detective hanging his coat off his shoulders? Not like a cape, mate. Like, like, like what? Like, because he's a detective. Like, like freaking... Like Darkman's jacket. Sh- no, Sherlock. Yeah. Sherlock would have a jacket like or that. Or a cape. Anyway, that's some cape shit. <laughs> is, oh, it my, is it my review now? The gun fell out his hand again. Alright, is it my review now? Yeah, I guess. Whatever. So, guess who's back on the podcast this week? It's none other than Adam Sandler, the Sandman, the man himself. Happy Gilmore have made another movie, Ant. And guess what? It's not a complete fucking train wreck. Oh. It's was... insane, isn't it? How so does he know? Yeah, uh, the, so Adam Sandler, um, a couple of years ago, did Uncut Gems, a phenomenal film. I reviewed it for this podcast. I said that it's incredible, it's tense, it's brilliantly directed and acted, and you could feel the tension rising up in every scene. Every interaction had like a bubbling, bubbling sort of... Um, tension rise up, yo. Yeah, bubbling tension below the surface. No matter what was happening, you felt like any moment it could crack and everything could come tumbling down. Um, <laughs> now, in this new film... He's playing a different character altogether. The new film is called Hustle, and Adam Sandler is playing a scout for a basketball team who who is just sick of being a scout. He's essentially spent his in, in, his entire career going from place to place, missing huge parts of his life that that are essential, like his daughter's birthday, you know, seeing his daughter grow up, moments with his wife that he'll never get back, and he spent those working towards what he thought was a position as a coach for the team that he's been scouting for. Oh. So he spent his whole life doing this. And then one day he's offered the job. Robert Duval, who is the owner of the, the team and very old in this. But yeah, still he's fantastic. like 800 years old. Still fantastic. Um, he he has decided to promote Adam Sandler to the coaching position. He gives him a shitty little cupboard office. But he's saying, you've made it, you've done it. And Adam Sandler doesn't care that it's a shitty little office. He's just so happy to have his coaching job. Um, sadly, Robert Duval passes away that evening. But his son, Ben Foster... Holds good, keeps him in the coaching job, but two months after he's been given, oh, actually, sorry, three months after he's been given the coaching job, Adam Sonner is told once again, we need you out on the road, we need you to find our unicorn, we need you to find someone who is going to be, who's going to be the next big thing, we need those we players, find we need that Kevin energy. Costner. <laughs> Kevin James. Oh. Because it's an Adam Sonner film. Oh. No, so Adam Sonner travels to Spain, he goes to a team where there's a scout who's... There's another Plus scout. Rob Schneider. He's the perfect baseball player. Unfortunately, he's a <laughs> little bit racist. None of those guys are in it. And it's better oh. for it. Because Adam Sandler is the best actor out of all of them. That's just a fact. Like, there is no denying the fact that Adam Sandler, when he wants to act, can play a character. Yeah. Um, and in this, like, he is vulnerable. He is broken. Like, one I of like the Rob things... Schneider in Jaws. <laughs> One of the things you find out about Adam Sandler in this is he's constantly wearing like a handguard. He still plays like basketball casually, but he's wearing like this like this really weird looking rubber support. Mm. It's like a medical device that you wouldn't see normally for anyone unless they had a horrific accident. And you find out later that he he was travelling in a car, drunk driving in a car with his mate. He went to stop his mate from hitting the windshield 
And essentially that one move cost him his entire basketball career. So he's been like working towards being in that industry his whole life. And he, you see it off at one point and it is like, it's almost like a Doctor Strange style injury. Like it's a deep scar that's fucked up two of his fingers and made it so he just can't play. Not to a competitive level anyway. So anyway, Adam Sandler is traveling around Spain. He goes to this game. The game gets canceled because one of the coaches gets flu. So he decides that he's just going to go and blow some steam by playing basketball. He's got jet lag. He can't sleep. It's nighttime. So he goes to go find the local basketball courts. And lo and behold, whilst he's there, he discovers the next big talent. And it's this fucking massive dude who can not only dominate the field. He's dominate the field, I should say. Dominate the, dominate the space. The he's court. also the court. court. That's the fucking word I was after. He dominates the court, but also he is such an enigma to Adam Sandler because he's not mm. wearing trainers. He's not like. He's not throwing it all out there. He's tricking the other player into like wasting money. He's like playing, playing the sport for the sake of winning a little bit more money for his family. And like Adam Sandler sees this and he immediately goes, that's my fucking guy. And then from that point on it is Adam Sandler and this dude and he's trying to get him. He's trying to convince Ben Foster that's the unicorn, but Ben Foster is completely against it because he doesn't like Adam Sandler. And, and Adam Sandler just goes out on a limb and helps this kid achieve some level of NBA. Prowess. Whoa. And it is fucking incredible. It's really good. It is up there with some of the best sports films I've seen in recent years. It's so utterly, utterly brilliant. In Everyone says it's mediocre. <laughs> it's so utterly brilliant in, because everybody knows Adam Sandler loves basketball, uh, basketball, sorry, basketball. Everyone knows Adam Sandler loves basketball. In every one of his, in all of his public appearances nowadays, you see him in the fucking massive basketball jumper. Or t-shirt and the fucking shorts. Just to hide his man tits. Yeah, probably. But like, he's always been that guy who, that's the sport he's been interested in. And there's a really interesting clip at the very end of the film. You see Adam Sandler interacting with some like, um, <laughs> NBA players early in his SNL career. Mm. Like the, the date comes up and it's like 1988 and you're like, oh fuck, you forget how old Adam Sandler is. And he's like, he's like playing basketball with these guys and he's goofing off and he's doing classic Adam Sandler. He's doing like the old weird, um, weird walk and stuff like that. And, uh, and there's just this energy to him. And it's so weird that, like, that energy is harnessed towards this incredible performance from him. And even the main guy who plays the basketball guy, he's got, like, he, again, comes off, comes off as vulnerable, angry, but also, like, willing to learn, willing to, Isn't willing he to a move real forward. Basketball he is, yeah, he's a real bas- basketball, basketball player. He's a real basketball player. But yeah, I just, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Um, but, Within 10 minutes of watching the film, I was like, this is great. It even made me laugh a few times, so I wasn't expecting to. There's a moment where Adam Sandler is... He's basically bankrolling this kid once they get back because Ben Foster has said no to the whole thing. So he Adam Sandler is bankrolling him with, like, no savings. And uh, and Queen Latifah plays um, Adam Sandler's wife. And they're talking about, like... He explains everything that's happening. And Queen Latifah has cooked this kid all these meals. And then, and then on top of that, she's, like, gone... She's gone, by the way, I looked at his hotel bills... He's buying porno films on the hotel for hotel bills, and Adam Sandler turns up and he goes and he goes, "What are you doing buying porno? I bought your phone." And he goes, "I just wanted to watch the movie. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. I didn't. I didn't do that." And Sandler's like, "Like, I, it's on the bill." And he goes, "Okay, oh, okay, okay. Watch porn for free on your phone. You don't need to do this downstairs in five, and no whacking it before you come down." And it's the way the guy's just like, just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. It's such a weird natural little interaction between these two people where Adam Sandler is genuinely angry, but at the same time he's like he's also like, I understand there's a twenty two year old kid in this room who is just away from home for the first time and being given 
what is essentially to him unlimited money. Like he keeps buying food and just taking a bite from it. He's like, I don't like it. And he's like, opened all the Pringles from the mini bar and he's had a few and he's like, I don't like that flavor. <laughs> he's just leaving him everywhere. And it's just, there's like this fascinating, like, like I said, just a weird level of desperation. Because he comes from the third world. Well, technically, like Spain. He, he does what well, he lives in, like, um, it, it's like a flat block, but it's really weird to see how they're set up. So you go into, they have like a central courtroom. It almost seems like a prison from like a like a old prison movie. They have like a. It sounds like anti propaganda to me. <laughs> no, because like the, it's it's in built up areas. Like they travel to get there. They travel through mm. built up areas and stuff. But just like the whole design of everything and the story, it's just a traditional sports movie. But it's a traditional sports movie where Adam Sandler is acting to that level that we know he can do. And it, it's such a simple concept, but like I said, it's be Halloween not make him no, enough money. No, no, it must not be. Oh. But I, I can see him like I can see him realizing that that this could be something like this style of acting because he's not doing his best performance. It's just the fact he's harnessing that interest in a sport and that energy in a way that he's using it. Like there are some great montages in this. There's some really nice training sequences. Like the whole idea behind it. Like he's actually putting in the time with this kid and. You know that he's not going to see a ton of money from this. He's just doing it so that he can do that dream job. And when he finds out that that dream job is no longer available because Ben Foster has said no and closed the door on it, from that point on, he's not doing it for money. He's still doing it for the kid. And when it comes to the ending as well... He's, Adam like, Sand- Adam's, he's already a millionaire. I mean, well, I know, but in this film... Adam Sandler's never poor in no, any know, of his films. He's always rich. No, in this he is poor. Like, he is, he is like, he's struggling. Like, that's the whole thing is Queen Latifah is doing her thing. She's working. I think she's a teacher in this and he's meant to be the breadwinner. He's meant to be winning them. How like, big is their house? Pardon? How big it's not that big. Weirdly enough, no, it's got like an open plan kitchen living room thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like a shared space that's got like a table. It's pretty big. But then two rooms. It seems like, um, what's the best way to describe it? You know, in in, in um, the Chipmunk movie that we watched recently, uh, Rescue Rangers. Mm. Yeah, you know like the small house, a bigger version of that small house that he lives in with mm. his dog. Uh, but yeah, like all in all, really, really interesting, really good. Um, and you, you do want them to win. Like you root for them both. Like there is a reason that he is so desperate to get out of where he is. But at the same time, there's like, there's a reason Adam Sandler is so desperate for that win. It's like he wants to do it for that kid by the end of the film. And there's such a touching sequence because like they see each other again. There's a sequence where they're touching each other. <laughs> no, there's such a touching oh. sequence at the end of the film where they see each other again. And Adam Sandler has to basically say, like, so like, don't tell my team, but I'm rooting for you because he's on another team. And it's just like, you know, like how, like, there's no anger between them. It's not like, it's not like... Um, he could have distracted him during the game, <laughs> showing but, some porn on his phone. <laughs> yeah, you're addicted to porn. But no, it's just, it's just the way that they naturally, like, they do have that charisma. They have that, like, weird connection. And it's, and it's earned through the scenes that you see in the story progressing. Like, it is actually earned. It's not just like Adam Sandler's like, hey kid, you're this, you're that, you're going to be great. And then it's like, oh, I lied to you, I'm sorry. It's like, it's genuine conflict when they come to, like when he finds out he's been lying, he's so fucking angry. But the moment that someone sees someone who looks like a giant Hispanic dude holding a white guy, the police just turn up out of nowhere. And like, you get a feeling that it could have been something else. Mm. You get a feeling that potentially the script was written to be something that was darker, or maybe it went in a different direction. But it all gets pulled back in. You get like that. Let's just do this together. Let's get your family that money. Let's do something to make your life better. And it feels fucking great to see it. But he's from a poor place such as Spain. 
could have sent his family a hundred dollars and his family would feast for decades. Well, no, they actually, they mentioned that Adam Sandler is sending $500 per week to the family Mm. over there. $500 a week? Yeah. To Spain? Yeah. Because they've got to keep up the illusion with the mum and the daughter that they're actually, he's in the MBL, you know, NBA. So yeah, yeah, the National NBL, the NBL. Basketball League, yeah, no association. I know it's NBA. Yeah, NBA. Anyway, um, I love this. I genuinely love this. I watched Cinderella Man not long before this, and Russell Crowe. It's one of my favorite boxing movies. It's so good, Cinderella Man is so good. Best boxing movie is Real Steel. Real Steel is actually a really good movie. So shut the fuck up. But no, I watched Cinderella Man not long before this. Rocky and, Five, and, and I think Cinderella Rocky Five is the worst fucking Rocky movie. Don't even joke about this. Don't. What's wrong with Tommy Gunn? I it, it, the fact they play the dun 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 dun, 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 dun as they street fight yeah is because it's, it's disrespectful like poetry it rhymes it's... disrespectful anyway so this goes in that category of just sports films that are fucking great and I've got to watch it again along with like I said Cinderella Man they are all just really good sports biopics or sports movies that just uplift what's the one where Bobby Kotick was in it the baseball one with Brad Pitt. Oh, uh, Moneyball. Yeah, Bobby Kotick was in that, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, yeah, he's a cameo in it. Oh. Because um, he f- put money into making it and they were like, oh, why don't you be in the film? Who does he play? Like a baseball like manager. Oh. Yeah. yeah from was. Xbox or whatever it is. From Activision. Oh. The one who's um pardoned himself and his company of any wrongdoing. Oh, for the sexual assault stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, dark shit. He's getting fired as soon as Microsoft. Oh yeah, he's definitely getting fired. <laughs> he I knows. think he knows, isn't he? Because he's trying to yeah. he's trying to hold on to power. Um, but yeah, honestly, just a great, really fucking great film. Um, it's on Netflix. If you have got Netflix, watch mm. it. There's no reason not. I to. I watched a sports thing the other day. I watched the episode of Futurama where Leela gets um brought up into the Blurns Ball League. Oh, the League of Her Own. Yeah, Leela yeah. of Her Own. And she keeps knocking people out with the Blurns Ball. Yeah, and they're just like. They're building up to the big finale to win, and the guy just hits the ball through the hole in this. So you win if you hit it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Have I got a review something? Yeah, your review. Shall I review? You know, I finished reading. What? Um, the more more than meets the eye, the Transformers more than meets the eye comic. Oh, cool. All ten volumes of it. Oh yeah. Like fifty something issues I've gone through. Well done. It was a series that ran from two thousand fourteen, I think, to. I think it was 2017. Ran for a few years. Went yeah. for a while. Um, yeah. So this was like the start of their phase two. I've already reviewed the first like volume, I think I did, a while ago, and said, yeah. no, it's really good. Um, but I finished it now, and I've really loved it, because it goes through so much, so many different paths and twists and stuff. There's like a point in the middle where there's a big crossover event, and after that, the team sort of, the two, because it runs parallel to Robots in Disguise, and there's different characters crossing back and forth between the two and they've got their own past. But more than meets the eye is the better part of it because it's more interesting. Like the second half of it, like Megatron has basically realised all his war has led to is just endless endless killing and murder and it's not the thing he originally planned for. He realized, saying it's more than meets the eye. Well, yeah, a lot of things are more than meets the eye. You know? <gasps> but he's realised that all the stuff that he used to say in the past has led to maniacs almost destroying the universe. And he didn't want to destroy the universe. He just wanted robots to rule everything. Yeah. Um, but he gets put on trial and Optimus is like, well, we can't execute him because, you know, I'm not the movie Optimus Prime. I'm the one that's not Show me a your, psychopath. Give me your face. So Megatron vows to become an Autobot 
in the second half. And he joins and he gets put and he gets told, right, you have to go on the lost light. So you're going to go on the lost light with Hot Rod, with Rodimus and Ultra Magnus. That was the whole point of More Than Meets the Eye. So basically it started off with the Orbot splitting in two. One group's going to stay on Cybertron, try and repair it. The other group's going to go off into space and find the Knights of Cybertron because they think these mythical knights are going to give them the power they need to restore Cybertron to its once beautiful status. Um, And they never find the Knights of Cybertron. They get these little leads every now and again and they're constantly just like... they're, they're, They're basically... What happens with the Lost Light crew in More Than Meets the Eye is they're constantly just buffooning their way from one adventure to another. And it gets really absurd and bizarre. Like, Swerve, the barman, watches way too many sitcoms. And he's filling his head with all the data from all these sitcoms he's been watching from Earth. Yeah. And he's having a time of his life, and that's why he wants to run a bar, because he's watched Cheers. Um, but he goes into, like, his catatonic state, and he has this holographic projector thing that projects an entire planet and the entire planet is like a sitcom universe, and a bunch of the Transformers have to go onto the planet with human holographic disguises and try to find Swerve and get his brain to function properly. And it's like this mini episode that plays out like a sitcom as they're trying to figure out what's going on. That's weird episodes like that, because he made an entire frigging planet. Um, but it's just it's just full of cool stuff, just neat ideas. Like, the Megatron stuff's great. Like, because no one believes he's really... Re- um, sort of like changed his heart yeah. and wants to be an Autobot but he keeps proving time and time again that he's in it he's doing the work and he's going to get better and he starts getting into the admin he becomes a pacifist takes his gun off doesn't yeah. have his gun on his arm no um, he decides he's going to be a pacifist and all this sort of stuff and his arc there's like a bit they go to this planet and there's this legend of a robot who when a robot dies he like takes the last of their spark energy and creates a tribute to them somewhere yeah. and they find this planet and there's all these Energon flowers around you keep seeing. And there's all these statues. And the statues, when the statue's there, that robot's still alive. He's got statues of like every Transformer on this planet. And he can somehow quantum leap through the galaxy. He's got a door, you find out later. Mm. Um, but when the statue disappears, and it just turns into a holographic-like, sort of transparent image of them, that robot's died. And there's a whole bunch you don't know where they are. But there's little flowers around them. And you find out as the episode goes on that these flowers... Are each flower represents someone that person is killed. So around the statue, some of them have like a bunch of flowers because they've been involved in wars and they've taken lives. And they've got all these lives, all these flowers. And Megatron's disappeared during this whole thing. No one's sure where he's wandered off to. And then it end, the comic ends with him like stood in the field and it's nothing but flowers for like miles and his statue's in the middle of it. And he's just sort of like, oh shit. It's like he sees that visual representation of all the death he's caused. Yeah. And it makes him go, fuck. <laughs> like, mm. Maybe I have gone too far over this. That's why he decides to become a pacifist overall. But the finale... He's a monk. He's got Ravage with him the whole time as well. Ravage stuck aboard. Yeah. And it's sort of like... You sort of think he's going to be like the bad voice in Megatron's head a little bit. Yeah. But eventually Ravage is like, you know what, I'm kind of... If this is what you're doing, I'm going to help you with it. <laughs> I'm going to make things right. And... Um, but it leads up. It leads up to this finale. The finale is fantastic. There's a group called the Decepticon Justice Department. Yeah. And they're basically a bunch of hardcore psychopath Decepticons Pope. who they go out through space. If a Decepticon has betrayed the cause, they will find them and they won't just kill them. They will slowly decimate them. They'll pull their eyes out and feed them to someone else. They'll one of them's got a giant grinder in his chest and they'll put the guy in the grinder until he's ground up into pieces oh, nice. and stuff like that. Like they. 
tear ass through the galaxy. What does that trouble. guy turn into? Turns into a big thing with a giant grinder on the front of it. <laughs> Turns into an even bigger grinder. They're led by a guy called Tarn, who he turns into the website has a Decepticon grinder. logo as his face. Oh, really? That's yeah. Cool. Um, there's never been a figure of Tarn. I'd love to see a Tarn figure. Is he only in the comics? Yeah, he's only ever been... He, but he was in Transformers Cyberverse. They had these robots that were meant to be the perfect Decepticon, and they were straight up Tarn. No. Exact same design, and there's That's no cool. toys of him. Um, but no, they they had this whole thing. They, they The Decepticon Justice Department, they're sort of like... There's this whole episode where you see them hanging out casually between missions... And they're like best buds, mm. and they like all get along and they support each other and stuff like that. And they've got a little girl who little girl robot that works with them and fixes them and stuff. And yeah. she seems amiable enough. Um, but it turns out they just sort of like they seem like really nice guys most of the time. Um, but they head off to this planet where Deathsaurus is one of the villains from the Japanese. Quite loads of the Japanese stuff gets worked into it. Oh, cool. Um, he's got a whole army, and they want the army, and they trap Megatron on the planet with all the dead statues and stuff, and all the fields and all this sort of thing. Megatron and all the decept all the robots are trapped inside a building and you see it like they've sent a message out and they've gone, Well, we can't there's no point in us responding to this distress message where they're saying what they want done with their bodies if ever their bodies are found because <laughs> it's been like it was sent like thirty hours ago and this took six hours to reach us. They're dead. Like they've got six hours left. So you think this that's what it's built up to. They're all gonna be dead. Um of course not, they survive. Spoilers. I thought for a moment you were going to explain like some sort of event horizon situation yeah. where they go, we've decoded the messages, just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole, the whole last four issues of this thing is like them trapped in the building. There's a couple of Megatron's going to try and figure out a way to save him, but he can't because he's pacifist. He doesn't want to fight. Mm. But then one of them kills Ravage Ooh. and he's like, you fucks. You he's like, he sort of comes to the realization that like blowing people up is what he's really good at. And if he doesn't want to do it or anything, but if it's gonna save people, he's gonna do it. And he prom- he's, he saves the day by making the, by taking a barrier device that Trailbreaker had. Trailbreaker gets the one who got killed by the Decepticon Justice League department in a previous one, and he's integrated that into his body. You don't know about it. He just took it from him because he was a victim of the DJD, and he uses that to defend everyone against the um, Decepticons until they give up and go. And it's like Megatron being a big hero at the end. Mm. He's finally got everyone's trust, and even though his admin skills are pretty great, he's now going to be a defender. He's got his gun back. Good for him. Yeah, but um, it all ends after that. There's like a a little epilogue, which is just a fun little mini story epilogue, just to tie up some, just to give you a little, you know, fun little closure. But that's where this whole arc ends. The whole more than meets the eye arc ends, and then there's like there's a cut. The comics diverge again. There's like a crossover with G.I. Joe coming up that I'm going to get to eventually, mm. even though there's been little hints of that in Robots of Disguise and stuff. But it's a really fun comic. The cre- creativity in it is crazy. But there's a, there's an episode early on where in one of the issues, in the I think it's like in the fourth issue, where you see a bunch of people on, Decept- on Cybertron millions of years ago. But if you look in the panel, you'll notice the odd character who's like on the Lost Light crew. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they were on the Lost Light crew. This is where they were a million years ago. But then, 30 issues later, um, one of the characters has stolen, has made a time machine, and he's travelled back in time to kill Megatron at a vulnerable point in his past. The intention being, he can wipe out Megatron and stop Megatron from ever, you know, causing a whole war, and all this sort of stuff, which would be a bad idea, because it would stop him from ever creating the time machine to travel back in time to stop Megatron before he creates the war, 
which if he stops him from creating the war, he won't ever make that time machine and travel back in time paradoxes, you see? It would tear the universe apart. So they have to stop Brainstorm from doing this. But it turns out all the panels you saw in the early issue where you see the characters you recognise from The Lost Light, if you go back to that issue and look at it, there's little hints that, no, that's not them in the past. That's that's the crew of The Lost Light now when they've time-travelled back. Like the bar brawl that happens is a bar brawl they start. If you look back and you see Rung and he's sitting there building a model kit in the bar, he's building a model kit of the Lost Light in the future, a ship that doesn't exist in that time frame. Oh. And they were planting these little seeds in issue four for a story 30 issues later. And it's all like this adventure that happens at the same time as a little flashback we had seen before. Hmm. Um, and the way they did stuff like where they flash back to stuff millions of years ago and they drew it in the ni- 1980s style comic artwork. Or um, they'll mix up the artist every now and again for different character storylines so you get a different feel... So one character's got a storyline going off somewhere else. Yeah. And their art style will be different. Um, but just like really nicely well put together comic. There's like a sequel series that comes off a bit later called Lost Light. Mm. Where um, I think the Lost Light gets stolen and a bunch of the transport and the crew get left on a planet behind. Something like that. And it's like their little adventure that goes on there. But um, Someone stole our time machine. Yeah, the big ship. But the time machine was a briefcase. Yeah, yeah um, Brainstorm's always carrying a briefcase around with him. We don't know what it is. Oh, right. Um, oh, part of Swerve's thing where he creates the meta universe of sitcoms was because he um, accidentally um, shot himself with a meta gun. Um, Brainstorm had a gun called a meta gun, and no one knew what it did. But Swerve shot himself, and it turned out he became aware that the comics existed for a while. So he basically became aware that he's in a comic book. But even he didn't realise it. He just thought it was weird that people were looking at him. While he was in there was some speech bubbles around and stuff. That's what a metagun would do to you. Yeah. <laughs> it would just destroy your life and make it yeah. a nightmare. It wears off after a while. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, it wore off. But it's just good stuff in there. Cyclonus gradually becoming a bit of a not necessarily a nice guy, but he meets Tailgate and they become buddies. They become conjuncts endurers. It's what they call, you know, bonded for life. Hmm. He's got his little buddy. Lots of this, this this comic series upset a whole bunch of weirdos because like characters in like two male characters in a relationship with each other and stuff like that. They didn't like that. They didn't like that. Yeah. Because the Transformers can't be gay. They didn't like it when they brought women Transformers into it. Especially when Simon Furman tried to write him in as being oh male Transformers have been forced to be turned female. And just like, no, no, he did that once and everyone was like, nope. No, no, not now. <laughs> no. No, straight to jail. They later on had um in Robots in Disguise, it more happens. They find another planet called Velocitron, I think it was, or one of them, where all the Transformers on there are female. And it's just basically, they just over the years changed their designs because they were like, yeah, that's what we feel. We're women. They met other races, other alien species, stuff like that, learned from them because they weren't doing a war. They weren't running around blowing every species up. They sort of learned from them. So, yeah, yeah, we kind of think we want to be ladies. And that was their look. I guess mm. never really explained. They're just they're all just female on this planet. Good for them. It just gave them a whole bunch of extra characters and brought us Nautica. Nautica's great. I like Nautica. She's um a bit of a crazy scientist. Can't focus properly, and she loves to do experiments and shit. Turns into a submarine, which isn't much use in space. No. Well, I guess it's 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 airproof, isn't it? Well, I guess the pressure of space is different from the pressure of underwater. When they first come across them, they're underwater. Well. They're inside a Titan, and the Titan's full of water, so she can swim around, but then she never uses her form again for the next few issues, because she can't. (laughs) It's literally a submarine. Can't. 
It's why she's called Nautica. Oh, I get it. Yeah. But it's, it's a fantastic comic series. Really nice, really nice read. It's completely impossible to get into, I think, if you don't know anything about Transformers. Like, you're going to have to have some idea, not necessarily of what the individual plots of that is, because it will fill you in where you need to, but you need to have an idea of what the roles are between Autobots, Decepticons, what the war is, and all this sort of stuff, because this kicks off after the big war has ended. But you could you could jump into this just being on the idea of the war has ended and this is the new chapter. And you can pick it up. And yeah. Robots in Disguise, the other comic, is handy to read, but that one doesn't doesn't have the same quality. No. It's not as good. Because it, it's, it's try that series seems to be lumbered with all the crossover stuff and making sure the big events are built up to whereas more, more than meets the eye. It gets to the point where another Combiner Wars crossover happens in Robots in Disguise. And Optimus Prime's on a call to Hot Rod, and Hot Rod's like, yeah, we ain't we ain't taking part in this. Catch you later. <laughs> we want none of this. We've got our own problem going on. They accidentally find another lost light ship. Um, it turns out when something happened, the timelines got split and there was a second lost light ship, and now they're converging together, and they're going to destroy each other and erase oh, each well, other they're from like existence. drawn together. Yeah, it's like an alternate reality lost light, where all the crew got wiped out except for one, Rewind, who died in the other one. <laughs> Oh, right, like so it's a, like a reverse... Yeah, bad stuff happened. Bad stuff happened. And Megatron Wait. shrinks himself down. He admits that he can shrink. Because remember, he could turn into a handgun, couldn't he? And he says he had the opera, he had the technology added to allow him to mass shift, and he doesn't like to talk about it because it's embarrassing to him. The Wait, idea that... Does he, that mean he can make himself as big as, like... He can make himself really small. Yeah, but can he make himself really big as well? Uh, to a certain extent. What's the certain extent? I don't know. But it's, the mass shifting is intended to make you smaller. Oh, right, compen- okay. condense down your particles to yeah to reduce the uh, oxygen particles yeah. or whatever is the explanation that's how he that turns into a handgun that a human can hold ah nice you know. but um, it's just funny because he shrinks himself down to the side of rewind so they can both do a, a mission and he's like don't tell anyone I can do this this is tell fucking no one because when I'm big if you do I'll kill you mm. but really really good comic that's cool lots of fun stuff yeah I like Swerve I've been trying to get a Swerve figure there was one a few years ago that looks just like he does in the comic yeah so I might try and get that at some point Cool. But, um, nah, good stuff. Awesome. It's a comic I read years ago. Their IDW of losing the license this year, so all their comics have come to an end. Yeah, it's all going to Marvel, isn't it? No, no, it's going to um, the guys who do Invincible. Oh, really? Apparently, that's the rumour. Skydance, is it? Mm. But um, they rebooted the Transformers comics in 2019, completely fresh start, new continuity, and now they're having to end it. And like, I started reading the new Beast Wars cartoon comic, they want like issue sixteen. It's ending on the next issue. They had to rush a finale. Oh, that sucks. Um, and there's a new four four issue limited series called Last Spot Standing that I've started reading. I've been reading hmm. first two issues about two more still to come. They've been fantastic. Yeah, really good. That's cool. Yeah. Is your last review? Oh, is it? Is your review is last? This my review? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Have you got a last review? Yeah. You thought I was going to review the T Rex? No, I didn't. Um, but I'm going to talk about Jurassic World Dominion. I got a Jurassic Park Transformer. Yeah, you did. Um, so Jurassic World Dominion's out. It's the third in the Jurassic World trilogy, and uh, it's not great. Bye. What? Yeah, no, I know. Fucking insane. Isn't what? It? A bad Jurassic Park film? I know, tell me about it. Um, not since Jurassic Park 3 have we been treated to something as poor as this. Oh, wait, that's not true. <laughs> Jurassic World 1 and 2. Um, what can I so Jurassic World 3, the story is that Biosyn, who are a new company, have taken up the um, projects led by um, by um, InGen for the original 
Oh, cool. I've had to sleep just trying to think about this fucking movie. All right, basically, Biosyn have created other prehistoric life forms um, and taken some of the DNA from the prehistoric um, prehistoric discoveries that were made on Jurassic Park to make things like new types of crops to create yeah. cures for diseases using using um, immunity to prehistoric illnesses um, and and also bringing back creatures. One of those creatures happens to be a giant fucking locust. Oh, why? I don't know. Why would you do so that? They create these giant locusts in an attempt to, I think, butcher the competition because they're making their own their own type of seed. And this isn't very clearly explained in the beginning, but Biosyn have been producing crops and they've made it so that these giant locusts that have been released, released are decimating other crops, non-Biosyn crops. But in the film, when you see the bugs and Ellie points to them and goes, why is that field over there so so bad? And the camera pans up and you see it and it shows just a decimated field where all the bugs have been. And they go, oh, that's biosyn seed. So for the whole film, I was like, why did they invent these fucking bugs that are going to be eating this prehistoric grain that they bioengineered that clearly is a staple of their diet because they're prehistoric bugs. So of course they eat prehistoric fucking grains. And then it turns out, no, they weren't eating the biosyn wheat. They were only eating the wheat that's not biosyn wheat. The only time I found that out is in a fucking Wikipedia article. And I spent the majority of the film saying, why did they bring back these fucking locusts? What is the point in these locusts? I don't know, man. Why Why is the last Jurassic Park film about, about locusts? About locusts? I don't fucking know. So anyway, sorry. So, so meanwhile, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are living with a clone girl. From the second movie, Blue is living in the area. And I remember the clone girl. Yeah, she's still in it. Um, Blue's in the area. Blue has managed to have a baby. Aww. So Blue's got a tiny little baby dinosaur Aww. who seems to be getting on with the with the young clone girl, right? Um, Biosyn are looking for that clone girl and they're also looking for Blue's baby because both of them have been... Encoded. Have they thought about following Blue's clues? <laughs> So basically, the little girl is a clone of one of the scientists who happened to be, um, what's his name's daughter. I don't fucking remember the name of the character now. Um, but basically, which character? The 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 guy who from the sequel that was like the old dude, played by um, the guy from Star Trek: First Contact, John Cochran from Star Trek: First Contact. Oh, James Cromwell. James Cromwell. That's who it was. So James Cromwell's daughter cloned herself. John Cochran, did you say? Yeah, was his name not John Cochran? Zephram Cochran. Zephram Cochran. Jeez. No respect for the what ridiculous father name. of light speed, what light travel. Different, difficult and weird name. Anyway, sorry. So um, so um, his daughter impregnated herself with herself, but she she um, edited her DNA to remove the genetic defect. That's killing her. Well, God, I'm so bored of this movie. So she removed the genetic defect that was killing her. By doing this, she created a DNA sequence that was basically refreshing her DNA to remove any imperfections, which included the genetic disorder that was breaking down her cells. So essentially, essentially, she created... The dinosaurs in this movie. cured to death. Shut up, man! <laughs> Where's locusts and clones? Where's the dinosaurs? Listen! B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong gets her and shows her the evidence that her mum was actually the one who created her. So she does have a mum. She's not just some weird test tube child. She was raised inside of her mum, but her mum died uh, when she was only two because of the disease. The disease killed her. Oh. Um, 
Meanwhile, Chris Pratt's trying to save Blue's daughter because he promised this... a dinosaur that he was going to go save her. It wasn't... Is it Resident Evil films that ended up with Milio Vich's yeah, character yeah, being a clone, a clone of, of... the Red Queen. Yeah, yeah. the old lady. That you never heard of and then she's just in the end. Look, listen, right, the Resident Evil films are a masterpiece. Don't fucking at me. Anyway, they're not. They're dog shit. Anyway, um, so... They're off on an adventure to go and save this clone girl who's on an island that's just another Jurassic Park, essentially, but it's a Jurassic Park without the park part. Oh. So it's um, more like a Jurassic, like, area. recreational park. Jurassic area. Yeah. Jurassic. It's it's like a like a little fucking Helm's Deep. Oh, sweet. Um, so anyway, so they, they go there. They go to rescue the clone girl. Meanwhile, the original cast of Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and Laura Dern are running around. They happen to meet the clone girl. And for a minute, we get a Jurassic Park movie. Oh. So basically, Laura Dern is on the hunt to find out what's going on with these fucking locusts. She nicks a sample of the locust. Don't ask me what a sample of a locust looks like, because it's not just a locust. They take a locust, they hold it, and then she has this little vial that she's closing in the next scene, so they don't really explain it to you. But anyway, those lot are trying to escape for a series of caves. So um, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and the clone girl, they manage to meet up. They're trying to get out through some caves. And once they're getting out through these caves, they are travelling through a mine that is actually part of the Jurassic place that I previously mentioned. Um, and it's filled with these, like, um, like big monitor lizards, almost like Komodo dragons with a fin going down their back. All right. Massive things. But they're all puppets. And it's fucking great for a second. They're, like, coming out of these, like... They've basically got a tunnel system. And this minecart was previously used to travel... to send meat out to, the like, the paddock. So that there was like a there was like a feeding area out, outside the paddock, and they're they're working their way through these mines, and every so often one will come out and go, and like do the whole, and it's a bit like Jurassic Park again. It's like Sam Neill and Laura Dern like trying to escape this thing, and then they get to the gate, and the gate's locked, and Jeff Goldblum's on the other side, and he's like, "What's the code? There's a code. There's a keypad with a code." And he's like guessing numbers, and at one point he goes, "What's Miles Davis's birthday?" And as he puts it in, someone unlocks it, and he goes, "Of course it's Miles Davis's birthday," and he opens the gates. And Sam Neill's kicking a kicking a dancer in the face, and Laura Dern. Why would it be Miles out. Davis's birthday? Uh, it's a joke because it's not actually Miles Davis's birthday. He's just he's so crap at guessing numbers that he's oh. just basing it on reference points that he's he knows, even though he had nothing to do with the code being put in. But it's actually done remotely by this guy that's helping them. Anyway, oh but for a moment, it felt like a Jurassic Park film, man. For a moment, it genuinely felt like a Jurassic Park film. There was rain coming down. There's Jeff Goldblum like trying to get him out of the thing, and there's like peril, and there's actual physical presences around them where they are and they're like fighting against something that isn't CGI and then it goes back to CGI again and it's, and it's not very interesting at one point there's like nine of them all escaping at the same time so the new cast the old cast and a few other people and they're all behind a car you know like in the original Jurassic Park yeah they're all behind a car but it's nine fucking people slowly walking around a car so it looks ridiculous because this is giant dinosaurs like there's clearly quite a big group of people I can still see you can't see the vision's based on movement yeah this is sneaking around a car you can't see you it's so dog shit you don't do the vision at one point on at one point Jeff Goldman makes a dragon alright he, he gets a cricket that's one of the big locusts that's caught on fire jabs a stick in it and then uses that stick like a spear to throw it in the mouth of a dinosaur. And the dinosaur starts breathing fire. You know, I'm thinking, are you sure this is meant to be the big finale for Jurassic Park? So, uh, so I was not, for full disclosure, I was not taking drugs. I was not drunk. I was completely sober when I went to go see this film. And it is fucking wild that it's called Jurassic World because 
there's one new dinosaur in it that was kind of cool. You know the, you know the, they've got, you know the, the dinosaurs with the long claws? Yeah. And the weird arms. No, it's one of those no. and it's got like a weird beak. Oh. It's like, Yay! and he's a new dinosaur. Oh, that's nice. It was a bit like Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger didn't get a manicure for a week or two. But what's this about locusts? So the locusts, yeah, so it turns out that the, his whole evil scheme was that he was going to flood the market with biosyn products because the locusts won't eat them. Yeah. And then once everybody had bought biosyn seeds and was growing biosyn crops, he expected the locusts to just die. But then BD Wong's like, I've realised this is a really bad idea and everyone's going to die because we've just destroyed everyone's source of food. So I'm good now. And then at the end he releases a good locust with like a disease that's going to kill all the bad ones. No, oh, BD Wong. Yeah, I remember he did a. He wasn't. He, he was just, evil. He was yeah. evil, but he's good now. Yeah, he was working for the bad guys. Yeah, but everyone forgot because he's like he's only in like thirty seconds of. Yeah, he's he's good now. He's in like was it like a post credit scene in Jurassic World and then. No, he's in Jurassic World for quite a bit. Is he? Yeah, I can't remember. Man. He's in the beginning of uh, beginning of um, Fallen Kingdom. I remember when he's he was in Gotham, tooth, isn't he? I remember he's in Gotham. Oh, he was in Gotham. Yeah, he was, he was Hugo, Hugo Strange. Strange, yeah. Yeah, good for good, good lad. I like BD Wong. Should be in better films, really. Well, he was in uh, Oz, wasn't he? Every was season he? of Oz, yeah. He plays yeah. the plays the priest. Uh, it's uh, yeah, Jurassic World for uh, the Jurassic World Dominion dog shit. Yeah, you went to see uh, the cinema. I did. There were moments where I felt like the film was ending and it didn't end. Uh, this is unfair. I'm calling it dog shit, but in reality, there's a lot of people that you recognise from other things in it, and that's nice. Yeah, you like there's you moments, like recognizing people. There's moments where it feels like a Jurassic World, a Jurassic Park film, and that's nice, especially when Sam Neill's on screen. By the way, Sam Neill is looking fucking great in this movie. In How fact, old's ooh, he now? he's like seventy. Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and Laura Dunn look fucking fantastic. And when they're not on screen, you genuinely ask yourself why you're watching this film instead of the original Jurassic. When they're not Park on now. screen, you're asking where's Poochie? <laughs> like. It's so strange, but at the same time, uh, here's the fucking thing. I didn't mind watching it at the time. It's almost like junk food. It was only after... Uh, That's how they get you. Yeah, it's only after I thought about it that I was like, ugh. They get you to post on the internet straight away how much you like it. I never did. Once it's on the internet, you have to stick by it. Never did say that, but... That's all your Twitter's been for the last few weeks, is how much you liked it. I don't mind it. He said it's been the best Jurassic Park movie since as someone, Jurassic Park 3. As someone who thought Jurassic World was fine, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was actually way more interesting than people gave it credit for. Yeah. And then Jurassic Park Dominion is just nothing. Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom is the nicest looking out of the lot. I really like that ending. I, I just like they had two ideas for a decent Jurassic Park film, but then went and did them both at the same time yeah, instead of I was fine with that. doing two separate films. Like, there are interesting aspects of this. Like, there's little How things... good would this new one be if the whole plot of it was them rescuing a bunch of dinosaurs off of an island? So here's the thing. That would have been nice. Here's the thing about this one. There is, like I said, I don't hate it. It's like junk food. I ate it. I enjoyed it whilst I was in there, but afterwards I left a horrible taste in my mouth. Made me feel pretty sick. Um, but the, the film itself has some really interesting ideas. Like, there's a black market for trading. You know, like how they trade endangered species? Yeah. There's a black market developing because dinosaurs have started to breed. Oh, no. And so because dinosaurs have started to breed, it's been like three or four years since the last one. And these dinosaurs have started to breed, so there is a market for selling these animals. 
So there is like a scene where they go for a bazaar where they've got like all these weird animals like chained up. They're trying to sell and shit like that. And there is there is a scene in which Chris Pratt is having a fight with someone. He pushes them into this guy doing like you know like the woman who has like the rat burger stand in Demolition Man. She's got like a she's cooking stuff. Mm, rat burgers. Yeah. She and he chucks a guy over this thing. And immediately this giant fucking dinosaur comes down and just eats this flaming dude. And I was like, nice fire stunt. And that dinosaur gets a warm meal. I mm. like this. And it was just a nice little moment. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, there's also a really cool panning shot where he's, well, it's actually, it's tracking him on a little moped or bike or dirt bike or something. And it's going through like the piazza in like, in like, um, this area. And there's these two giant fuck-off dinosaurs in the piazza. And he's going around on the little moped. And you just see one of the dinosaurs come down and grab one little tourist. And then another one comes down and grabs another tourist on a bike. And I was like, that's a cool shot. I think what I would have done is I would have had... Um, you remember um, Lena Luthor in the first one? What's her name? Kate. Kate you gets ripped in half. Yeah, when she gets eaten by it. I would have had her come back as a robot for revenge. Just with the lower legs, like spider legs, like Darth No, Maul. no, she just have sexy lady legs like she always has. She doesn't look, look like, like a cyborg Maul. at all. She just looks like her. Because, you know, she's a lovely lady. But Kate McGrath. Kate McGrath. She did not deserve that death. Yeah. And I remember watching that and going, oh, she was nice. And then she turned up in Supergirl and I was like, sweet. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, Jurassic World uh, Dominion. Like junk food, man. Eat it. She's in... Um, it's in Spartacus as well. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to start a new thing. I'm going to say if something's better or worse than Morbius, and this is this is better than Morbius by far. Oh. This is free Morbius's worth of entertainment oh. in a much shorter package or longer. I can't remember how long Morbius is. Uh, hour and a half, isn't it? Maybe two hours. Oh, that's too long. Yeah, this is this is better than Morbius. But it's still not good. It sounds like you're more biased towards Morbius. Jared Leo's a rapist. Fuck you, you pedo cunt. Oh, that's. Oh, you're going to upset him. That's an easily provable thing that I just said, so no even slander, is it? What was the um, thing he's in there? He's got some new film, hasn't he? Oh, does he? Yeah. He's... In which he plays another 25 year old man. <laughs> I think he's. I think he put on weight for it or something. Oh, really? And um, he's doing some accent that he came up with. Hello, I'm me, Jared Leto. He's like, it's a me, a Mario. Isn't it funny, like, I think that, was it Daniel Radcliffe who said this? Who was it that said this? But they said, have you noticed how method actors... No, it was Robert Pattinson. Was it Robert Pattinson? Like, yeah. yeah. They only ever do method acting to be an arsehole. Yeah, they only method act being an arsehole. <laughs> they yeah. never method act being a nice guy. Yeah. Robert Pattinson seems like a really, really cool guy. He was in a film called um, Twilight. No, uh, what was yeah, it? He was. It was Guy Pearce and him, um, the Re- Revelator or whatever it was. Um, Revolver. Guy, no, it wasn't Revolver. Well, Patson was like five when that came out. No, it wasn't. Robert Patson was like thirty-eight. Outrageous. Uh, the Rover. The yeah. Rover. It's a post-apocalyptic Mad Max-style story in which Robert Patson and Guy Pearce track down. Robert Pattinson's brother and an accomplice who have stolen Guy Pierce's car, but they left Robert Pattinson for dead when they stole it. So Guy Pierce is like, you're coming with me, you're going to tell me mistake. where the fuck they are. Yeah, really, really good. Really, really good. But it's post-apocalyptic, so there's like, there's all this shit, weird shit going on, and like, 
you get hints that the car has something inside of it that Guy Pierce needs. Mm-hmm. And the ending is just fucking heartbreaking. Charles Guy Pierce is him. What? Uh, the last episode of Neighbours, apparently. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. I'm never going to watch it, but oh. that's sad. I hope they blow Neighbours up. I hope he goes, I am the Mandarin! <laughs> and yeah. then shoots fire out of his mouth. And Don Cheadle goes, oh, okay, okay, you can do that. All right, fine. I can breathe fire now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, like junk food. Um, I'm gonna give it a David Spade. Oh no, it's all right. David Spade's all right. Oh, okay, David Spade. Yay. He was in good films once, mostly when Chris Farley was alive. Yeah, isn't that weird to think that they were best friends? Yeah, one of them was more talented than the other, and he's dead. Yeah, David Spade's career is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, David Spade's alright. He's not the worst fucking thing in the world, is he? No, no, but he does look like David Spade. Yeah, he does. Which yeah. is like a like a trash rat. Do you still remember how good Tommy Boy was? Like some of the jokes in that are fucking brilliant. I like it when they turn. It's on, all about Beverly Hills Ninja. They turn on the exhaust and it blows back David Spade's hair, and then he puts it back, mm. and they're like, "Ah, David Spade's wearing a wig." It's like that is a known fact. Mm. <laughs> That's that is genuinely true. And they keep making jokes about it because if they keep making jokes, people are going to be like, oh, David Spade's not bald. It's just a joke they tell us. I know he's definitely bald at this point. Yeah. He's anyway. Hair yeah. plugs now. You reckon? Yeah. He's done the musk. Yeah. Elon Musk's head is fucking gross. Elon Musk in general is gross. Yeah. Anyway, you done? Yeah, I'm done, mate. Say goodbye to the chill. Bye, everyone. You can find out uh, LV54 mm. Space Monkey on Twitter and Wild Wars Hat on Twitter. You can also find him as Mellow Gaming on YouTube and also um, Ant's Bot Box Bot Collection. Um, you can find me at Chris Apocalypse everywhere. And you started doing some more um, Let's Play stuff on your channel, haven't you? No, same frequency as normal. <sighs> cool. Yeah, I put one out a week, same as normal. What's your most recent one you've done? Me uh, put a video me and Kev recorded last week. Hey, what was it? Um, playing through a demo disc. All right, cool. What, yeah. did you, what did you play on the demo disc? There was Life Force Tanker. Okay, cool. And Porsche Challenge. Yeah. And Rage Racer. <gasps> Abe's Odyssey. Cool. Um, Hugo. Overboard. Hugo. No, Hugo's not on there. Damn it. Um, I wonder how much Hugo is And now. Rapid Racer, which crashed. Oh, was Rapid Racer the one in the boats? Yeah, the boat. One, yeah. 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 And there's also a video for Roscoe McQueen, Firefighter Extreme. Great. Yeah, everyone loves Roscoe McQueen. No idea what that is. It was a, it was a firefighter. It was like Burning Rangers. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. The Chlamydia game. Yeah. 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 Bye, say bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye, bye.